When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for being with us on this Monday morning, wherever you're listening via the SEN app or on 1170 AM in Sydney. It's great to have your company as we kick off another week, a week that will bring, at the end of it, the start of the NRL season of 2024. So Vegas is here. It's happening. It's ready to rumble. We've got all sorts of people jumping on planes today, tomorrow. Coach K's leaving tomorrow. You're out of here, mate. I was with Timmy Manor yesterday in this very studio. He's like, oh, I'm jumping on a plane tomorrow. I think Vossi's tomorrow as well, as in... Timmy today and Vossi tomorrow. So everybody's everybody's in it. You've got to be in it to win it unless you're just back here carrying the can and goes back to our original point. Are we focusing domestically, folks, or are we getting too far ahead of ourselves internationally? Matty, this one from Andrew the Mortlake Tiger says, as a Mad Tigers fan, I was excited after the first 20 minutes of the Warriors trial, but after Saturday night, I've cancelled my KO. Not sitting through another year like the last 10. Oh, come on, Andrew. You need to show the faith. Stay on board. Go the distance. Uh, Eels Mars, by the way, says, everyone knows. He says, come on, Matty. Everyone knows it's pronounced Bathurst. <laughs> yes, take your pick, whichever way you want. Speaking of the Warriors, well, let's go back to uh, the Warrior Holic in Wellington. Now, we've got you back on the line, mate, so we're good and ready to rumble. Apologies for that. Uh, what have you taken away from the Warriors in the preseason? Come on, warrior Holic, you're there. I can hear you. Come on, mate. You're playing tricks on us. <laughs> no, nah, he's gone. Coach K, we're 0 for 2 in that department. Oh, dear. One of those mornings. Now, warrior Holic is on my board. He's ready to phone. He's there, and he's he's ready to have his say, but we've we lost him twice. twice. Marco says the NRL could well take a leaf out of the NFL book. The NFL's been taking games to the UK and now Europe for a few seasons. But the main concern, if NFL's popularity in the USA, look after your backyard first. Well, the NFL's popularity in the USA, I mean, I don't know what the week-in, week-out figures are, but we just had the most watched Super Bowl, the most watched sporting event, the most watched television event in history. So I, I would say that the NFL is pretty well okay in its own backyard. And the NRL is well and truly okay in its own backyard. But as I was piecing all of this together this morning and I was having a look at the way that things are panning out, we've got such a global reach in our discussion points at the moment. You even think about Port Moresby and Papua New Guinea, right? There's, there's one expansion discussion that's thinking about North. Then we pop up discussions about Super League in the UK. Could we buy that? And have that as an investment. And now there's talk of the American NRL America League in 2025. So let's piece together. Let's do the old world map and start to do a little bit of a piecing together diagram. We've got the NRL in Australia and New Zealand. We run a straight line up to Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea. So we've got a bit over there. The Pacific Islands, of course, are an absolute key focus. 
Then if we had ownership over in the UK of the English Super League, plus a league in America, plus the Vegas adventure that's locked in for the next five years, we're starting to see a little bit of world domination here. A little bit of, a little bit of global reach at its absolute extreme. So really, really interesting. None of those are, you know, are locked in at all, aside from the five years going to Vegas. We don't know what's going to happen in Papua New Guinea. We don't know if Super League in the UK would be a good purchase. And we don't know if an American league, regardless of how much they're talking it up, is, is going to happen, especially given the person who's proposing it only met Peter Volandis two weeks ago. So really, really interesting. Really interesting the way that it's playing out at the moment. What does it mean for our backyard? Like I said, in a week's time, folks, once we get over the Vegas adventure, which will, I, I think, be awesome, once we get over that, we'll start focusing domestically. The game, by virtue, will start looking at itself and will start eating itself because <laughs> that's what it does best. Boys, I've just done the Pommy Refs family tree, uh, says Murray on the text line. So this is off the World Club Challenge. I believe he had a distant cousin sent to Queensland, Australia, one B. Gomesel. <laughs> that may explain it. Oh, that's a crack. That's an absolute crack. Uh, can we please get our newsroom to call a football, soccer game, a referee, not an umpire? Simple stuff that makes me want to crash my car, says Joel. Well, don't do that, whatever you do. Love the show as usual. Don't mean to be too pedantic. Um, but, yeah, that's okay, Joel. Oh, look, as you know, by regularly listening here, if you've got an issue, then raise it. We're, we're all big. We're all grown-ups here. We can pass that kind of stuff on. If the NRL buys Super League, what's stopping the EPL or with the Saudi billions, say, a company buying the NRL or, God forbid, the A-League and make it an Asian competition powerhouse? Well, it's a good point, Dan. It's a, it's a really good point. What happens with the ownership of a powerhouse, you know, once, once, you, start to, once you start to get big enough to get on the radar of, of companies and um, those like the Saudis with their billions. I mean, it's a good point. All of this is down the track, but is it taking our eye off the ball? Nick from Newcastle says, history shows us that results from trial games are meaningless. And isn't that interesting, Nick? Thank you for that, mate. Isn't that interesting, the term trial games? We changed it to pre-season challenge games. The pre-season challenge. So what used to be a trial game is now a pre-season challenge game. It's essentially exactly the same thing. You're right, but we view it differently because there's 100 grand on offer and there are points to be played for within its own competition. It's all about what's in a name. Supercars across the weekend. Well, the Red Bull Ampoles uh, were, the Camaros were absolutely dominant. Brock Feeney winning on Saturday and Will Brown claiming the victory yesterday. James Moffat was in with me to call this one from Bathurst Mount Panorama, the 500, and he's on the line to deconstruct it all. G'day, Moff. Good morning, Matty. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It was definitely an ominous sign for the opposition. Those forms, the, the, the form of those two Red Bull Ampole Racing Camaros in the hands of Brock Feeney and, and Will Brown over the weekend. They were uh, absolutely in top form and uh, they've already established themselves as the team to, to beat in 2024. However, however, Moff, it could have been a different story yesterday and possibly should have been a different story yesterday. There's every chance that barring that last pit stop where Chaz Mostert, who led the race pretty much from the word go, 
could have got the race victory and we'd be sitting here talking about a Camaro winning on Saturday and a Mustang winning on Sunday. And it was all about the pit stop play. Um, Mostert was stationary longer than Will Brown at the end and had to take on more fuel and possibly a little bit of a glitch on the front right, wasn't it? A little bit of little bit of work yep. that might have taken a little bit of time there. But at the end of the day, that's what cost him. So you can you can win or lose in pit lane. Yeah, you certainly can. And we're only talking about very small margins across the field. So, um, you know, that came down to probably a second, maybe even half a second less fuel that Will Brown needed than, than his rival, Chaz Mostert. Chaz had led 23 of the 40 laps, the first 23 laps um, in that second race. And um, he was certainly flying the flag for all the Ford fans out there over the weekend. He was by far the quickest Mustang across the two week, uh, the, the two races and um, comes out of the, the weekend third in points, only 21 points behind the championship leader in, in Will Brown. So um, his car was set up in a way that he was absolutely dynamite across the top of the mountain. And, uh, you know, he had that car on the absolute limit all weekend, um, but was just giving a little bit of straight line speed away to the Camaros of Will Brown and, and Brock Feeney especially down that long Conrod straight, which is, is the longest straight in Australian motorsport. So a little bit of work maybe to do still on the engine front or side of things for the Ford teams. And uh, I'm sure the the Ford homologating team in Dick Johnson Racing, they'll be going to work between now and the next round of the championship at the Australian Grand Prix to, to try and improve some of the engine performance. But um, overall, I think the cars were a lot more even in terms of their performance uh, manufacturer to manufacturer than what we saw this time last year. So that's encouraging signs for the championship. Yeah, and you said on the weekend, Moff, like there, there was a disparity in a parity um, category last year. Everybody knew it. They tried to massage it. But the fact of the matter is that it, it wasn't the level playing field that it should have been. So in the off-season, supercars invested heavily. They did the wind tunnel testing over in North Carolina. So that's all about aerodynamics in particular. So there's two sides of the parity debate, as you just mentioned, the engine side and then the aerodynamic side. Are you comfortable that the aero side has been sorted? We haven't heard anyone really discuss whether it's been good or bad or, or, or we're behind the eight ball on that, on that side of the fence. However, they've still got work to do with the engines. Yeah, I think the, the, the important thing here to recognise, Matty, is for the first time in, in the history of supercars, They've adopted world's best practice in terms of actually sending the cars over to North Carolina in the United States um, at huge expense, it must be added um, or mentioned. And we've achieved aerodynamic parity between the Camaro and the Mustang, uh, which was definitely not the case in 2023 with the rollout of the new Gen 3 specification supercars. But by sending those cars over to the windshield tunnel, um, we've been able to achieve that. And it's certainly, there's a bit of a sense, I guess, within within uh, pit lane over the weekend that from an aerodynamic point of view, a lot, lot happier with how even the cars are um, Camaro to Mustang. Yes, there is still maybe a little bit of work to go on the engine side of things and, and the benchmark in terms of probably engine performance is the Camaro at the moment, the Chevrolet engine and the, the, the Ford guys are still playing a bit of catch up there as well so hopefully as the year goes on we get closer and closer in terms of those performances and this whole parity debate topic 
is seriously just something that is not even spoken about and and we're only discussing good close hard racing because that's really what I guess over 20 30 years or really the history of the Australian Touring Car Championship if you want to go far go back that far is that's what it's all about it's Ford versus Chevrolet let's call it General Motors it's that rivalry and the fans just want to see good close racing and we don't want to be talking about, oh, well, he had an advantage because he's got a better car here or a better car there. So um, the, the big difference in the past is the teams had the ability to, to engineer changes to their cars themselves. With Gen 3, they don't have that ability because the focus around the rules package has been so um, closely um, driven in terms of making the cars as equal as possible so the teams don't have that ability to go and engineer some changes to make their cars better anymore so that's why we need the parity absolutely spot on between the two two manufacturers um, whereas in, in in the past there probably was a lot of disparity between the two um, or the, the, the cars racing but the teams were smart enough to be able to overcome those um those uh, deficiencies because they were able to engineer that into their race cars. Now they can't do that, but let's just hope it's that's all in the past and we're talking about a season in 2024 of just absolutely great racing between the best drivers in, in the country and the best teams. Yeah, yeah. Here, here to all of that. Brock Feeney could have made it back-to-back wins. He copped a five-second penalty yesterday for getting a bit impatient at the chase and uh, forcing James Golding off and in the end, that may have well cost him the race, but he finishes up on the podium. Thomas Randall finished fourth, but a different story altogether for your man, Cameron Waters, who just had one of those weekends. Yep. Now, you don't want to start, mate, a championship like that. You don't want to be playing catch-up straight off the bat, but that's the situation that Cam's in, unfortunately. Yeah, so, you know, for me, probably the, the two big talking points or, or one of the, the biggest talking points to come out of the weekend was just the lack of, performance out of the, the monster monster Mustang from Cam Waters. You know, we probably expected him to be firing at the front of the field. He finished 2023 uh, very strongly with wins at the Gold Coast and the Adelaide 500. Um, and I know personally that Cam was coming into the year full of confidence. Um, that Tickford operation is streamlined back down to two cars from four cars. So all the signs were there heading into the year that um, it was going to be... Um, you know, all, all the ingredients were there for a strong start, but unfortunately for Cam, for whatever reason, um, things just didn't didn't work out for him. Had a miserable day on, on Saturday, qualified poorly, copped some damage early in the race to the rear end of the car, which dramatically affected the handling of his car, but then uh, later in the race broke a left front spindle, which actually um, saw the, the left front wheel park company. So that's a, a, a concerning issue in itself that we're still having issues as a category with wheels coming off. Uh, but then on Sunday, just wasn't able to get the speed out of the car in qualifying. Qualified, uh, I think, down in 18th, whereas his teammate Thomas Randall was able to um, get a spot in the top 10 shootout, and he performed very well on Sunday. He qualified 7th and raced his way up to 4th. So um, a little bit of a glimmer of hope for the team down at Tickford, but certainly uh, from a Cam Waters point of view and all the fans out there of the Monster Mustang, um, He's definitely on the back foot. He's 192 points behind Will Brown, the championship leader. And if we just put that in, into perspective, Matty, um, 300 points on offer on a typical race weekend. And um, so that usually works out to be 150 
points per race win if there's two races over a, a race weekend. So Cam Waters already a race outside the championship lead. So not the way you want to start your your title um, aspirations. But um, if I know Cam, he'll he'll get the the head down and go to work in between races. And I'm sure that team down there at Tickford Racing will be able to work out what went wrong and um, they'll come out firing at the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah, which is next up. So the Melbourne Super Sprint at the Australian Grand Prix is next up at the back end of March and then Taupo in New Zealand, a new destination before they head back and, and get on the regular domestic rounds, which will send us back to Bathurst in October for the 1,000. Good on your Moff. It was great fun yesterday, mate. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Appreciate your time this morning. No worries. Anytime, Matty. There he is, James Moffat, joining us uh, as part of our SEN Supercars coverage. We kicked it off yesterday, so Sunday coverage, race day of a Sunday on a, uh, a regular weekend in there. Yeah, Taupo 400 replaces Pukekohe Park Raceway. That's the next one around after the Australian Grand Prix. And one thing that we discussed yesterday um, about the live pit lane order. So it's a big change to season 2024 is that after each round, the championship-leading team will end up at the top of pit lane for the next round. And that remains live throughout the year. So as opposed to previous years where, say, if, you know, Triple Eight win the championship, they stay at position number one in pit lane, the very last garage, highest up to the end of pit lane, the exit of pit lane. They stay there for the entire season. This time around, it's live. And that will just throw up a heap of different circumstances. Erebus were there at Bathurst. When they get to Melbourne, it'll be triple eight. And Erebus will actually go back to position number six in the garage order. It won't, won't play too much of a part at Melbourne because they don't have the compulsory pit stops. But once we get back into the regular swing of things, it'll start to play a really big storyline. None the least of which is you've got new neighbours all the time. They get used to their neighbours. They get used to knowing what they're going to do when they're coming in for their pit stops and how they operate as a team. So they'll all look around and have these points of difference. And you'll have some teams that have been down the back forever will be right up the other end of pit lane and they have to deal with all of that. It's just one of the changes for the 2024 Supercars Championship. Our thanks to Moff on that one. If you've got any thoughts, got any questions, hit me up. 0457 736 736 or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy on the open line.